once again, the Success is My Religion podcast is partnering with the HBCU Experience Movement. We are interviewing the the co-authors of the North Carolina A&T State University's third edition book that is coming out soon. I hope you enjoyed these episodes. Let me introduce you to my man, Joseph. Joseph T. Shaw III is an author, fitness coach, podcast host, radio host, and athletic administrator. Joseph was born in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. Joseph is the son of military parents with his father having served in the U.S. Army as an officer ranked as a major. While at North Carolina A&T State University, Joseph majored in exercise science. Participating in sports and learning fitness has always ranked among Joseph's top loves and achievements. Joseph started work. work Joseph started working with the A&T football team and softball teams his freshman year as a student manager. The student manager position at A&T led to head equipment manager positions with the Greensboro Prowlers Arena football team during his junior year and Shaw University during his senior year while Joseph was still in undergrad. After graduation, Joseph accepted an internship with the Chicago Bears. Upon completion of the Chicago Bears internship, Joseph worked at Northwestern University as an equipment intern in the athletic department. Joseph left Northwestern University and accepted a full-time position with the Chicago Bears as an assistant equipment manager. Joseph spent seven years with the Chicago Bears before moving on to Jackson State University in Jackson, Mississippi. At Jackson State University, at Jackson State University, Joseph served as the assistant athletic director. While at Jackson State University, Joseph mentored students and created a pipeline for HBCU students to get NFL internships. Joseph obtained his master's degree in sports management from from Jackson State University. Joseph left Jackson State University and moved to Chicago, Illinois to become a corporate wellness fitness director. During this period, he also he was also a certified personal trainer and nutrition coach. As a man of God, Joseph asserts that physical, social, and mental excellence can be achieved by anyone through inspiration, trust, and commitment. Currently residing in Jacksonville, Florida, Joseph is the CEO and fitness director of Commit to Life Fitness. Joseph has published a book called My Two Cents, a book of blogs, volume one. Joseph is the host and founder of a podcast called The Bittersweet. Joseph also has a radio show called The Bittersweet Quickie. In his free time, Joseph enjoys traveling, mentoring youth, and performing improv. Please help me welcome Joseph to the podcast. 
Hello? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Jo- Joseph, right? Yeah, yeah Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> I was just um I was on Instagram and, and your stuff started coming up on my uh my my uh like feed. Or <laughs> you with your book and everything. Yeah, I like, commit to I just I just read over your um your bio and I was like, oh, I saw that just just like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's up. <laughs> for that's sure, crazy. for sure. The algorithms, man. It's like as soon as you uh put somebody information in, it's like everything come up. Right, right. So uh my name is Michael. I am the uh host of the Success is My Religion podcast. We study success from the perspectives of African Americans and people of color. Okay. And uh uh you know, I'm partnering with uh, the HBCU Experience Movement. Uh, Ashley is a friend of a friend that uh, actually he was in uh, one of the books. I don't know if it was the first one or the second one, uh, the North Carolina a uh, t State. He, mm. He's a he's a Aggie. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Jay. Jay Allen. Oh, Jay Allen. Yeah. You know him? I think I know the name. I can't remember what he looked like. I remember the name though. Okay. How, how old is he? He's like in his thirties. Early thirties or late thirties? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's younger than me. So I think he was uh he's younger than me, but I think he was like uh with one of the party groups or something, like promotion groups. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, so I I he lives in the uh same city I live in and we met through like a uh Conference we were at uh, okay Eric Thomas conference, and we just happened to be there at the same time. We were like, "You live in 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 the Kansas City area? <laughs> Let's link up." You know, that's what's so, up. Eric Thomas uh, that conference. Eric Thomas, he's uh, I, I watch his YouTube videos all the time. He's a good speaker. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of my uh, my uh, mentors, my online mentors. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, like it's it's hard to get mentors out here. So I mean, right. you know, to if you're busy and you need somebody to uh, kind of guide you, you gotta you gotta go online and get all that information from from where they, you know, what they speaking, what they doing. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's so, true. Um, so we just gonna I'm gonna start the podcast and and if you could just tell me. Uh, me and my listeners a little bit about you what you're doing now and how you got involved uh with your hbcu and the book okay. we'll start it off like that and and then get into like what you're doing now and and all that so i'll start with an intro and um we'll go from there right all right sounds good i, well, I don't want to waste your time i know you're a busy man <laughs> oh no it's all good man i appreciate you appreciate you having me on your podcast that's a dope name by the way success is my religion that's a dope name I appreciate that. I appreciate Every time that. I hear it, I think about the Bob Marley song, Love is My Religion. Oh, really? I need to listen to that. Like, Yeah. I... Bob Marley got a song called Love is My Religion. And uh, every time I, I was going over my notes, I was thinking about you. Yeah, that's a dope name. I'm like, when is that Bob Marley inspired? Nah, I, I didn't. It wasn't inspired by that. I never knew that. I, I just, um, it's a play on words. Something mm-hmm. that is near and dear to my heart mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, success and i looked up the the meaning of religion the religion is a, a deep study of something so 
if you uh success is, is my religion I, I study success deeply and oh wow that's deep write <laughs> that down that's deep oh my goodness hey you dropping gems on me jesus <laughs> well we gotta we gotta look at look at the meaning of words man like right I, like even and i'll probably i'll probably put this in at the end but even like humble humble that means to think less of oneself and mm. so if if you want me to be humble like i'm not gonna think less of myself because i need that confidence especially as a young black male in the in the united states in the right. world you know what i mean i i can't i i can't afford to be be really humble and if right and if we really if we really want to think about it like most of us life humbled us by by the way we grew up and stuff yeah so i i, I erased that that word from my vocabulary as soon as i was like man this is what humble means like and then you got to look at it if if somebody wants you to be humble like they want you to think less of yourself that's true that's so true. <laughs> That's I, true. I don't think that's right, and I ain't gonna tell that to nobody. I think you, I, I want, I want you to think more of yourself. Yeah, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. That's deep too. I, I never, I guess. I mean, you never really think about the meaning, meaning words like that. We're humble because it's so. It's kind. They kind of feed it to us when we're younger, so we just automatically think, "Oh, we got to be humble." Yeah, but, and, and and we, we, uh, we just. I'm sitting in my car in the parking lot, but uh Yeah, I was doing but, the same thing. I just came in. <laughs> I'll do the same thing. I got I got an anchor podcast too. So I do the same thing. You get a better sound in your car. Yeah. I mean I I just got it on the phone, but it's just I'm I'm heading to to uh to to a destination and mm-hmm. it's just like let me just stop and and right. and and make this happen. So I get we'll we'll get all into all of this stuff, but um, okay. What was the uh religion the study of what? Uh, a deep study of something. Deep I think. I think okay. I'll have to look that up, but it, I mean it's 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 something in in that realm. It it don't have anything to do with like spirituality or faith or whatever like that. Right. Okay. Okay. Cool. Appreciate that, Jim. <laughs> You welcome, man. I, I got them all day, man. <laughs> nah, uh, welcome to another episode of the Success Is My Religion podcast. I'm here with Joseph Shaw the Third. Um, we might be related a little bit. Um, uh, uh, my uncle's last name is Shaw. Okay, but, uh, uh, he is. Uh, a part of the HBCU Experience Movement, co-authors, uh, North Carolina A&T State University Aggies, third edition, um, and we're going to talk to him about his book. So, uh, Joseph, tell, tell us a little bit about you and uh, how you got involved with our, how you got to your HBCU, first of all. Okay. Uh, hello, Success of My Religion people. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Joseph Shaw III. I uh, I'm a graduate of North Carolina. I'm sorry, the illustrious North Carolina A&T State University. <laughs> <laughs> I um I grew up around HBCUs as a kid. Um, 
I was always around. My parents went to HBCU, so it, I was it was always part of my culture. Uh, and I just when I got it was my time to go to school. That was just like no no question. I had to go to HBCU. I didn't have to, but that was, I always wanted to because I was always around. So that was that was where I wanted to be. Um, mm-hmm. So once I got there, I pursued a career in, in sports and started doing working in sports as a student manager. And that just opened so many doors for me. Um, I got intern position with arena football teams. And then I worked at Shaw University, athletic department. I went back to A&T, worked there for a while, worked with uh, the Chicago Bears, Jackson State University as assistant athletic director, um, Northwestern University. And then I also wow. have a background in personal training. So it was just like, you know, HBCU kind of cultivated me once I got there, just explore, discover, and become. Nice. Um, was HBCU your first pick? Yeah, it was my first pick. Um, I actually, you know, I, because I grew up around there, but I actually kind of like wanted that lifestyle, like different world. I was a fan of different worlds, so I was went to Went to go find my Whitley. Oh, you you old head, man. <laughs> yeah, <I'm... laughs> but I actually was looking for Lena James though. <laughs> On oh, different world, but uh, yeah, I'm an old head, so I grew up in that era, and uh, yeah, so it was my first pick. Cause I thought, um, just watching that show and mm-hmm. just you know, I just thought that was the place where I need to be. I mean, I grew up around, so when I was a kid. I was in like a little dance troupe and we used to dance in the uh, local HBCU homecoming parade. Mm. You know, we, you know, we just carried a boom. That's how old I am. I was the boom boss area <laughs> where we just carry a boom box in the parade uh, and somebody <laughs> press play and we break out with the same dance. That's dope, man. That's kind of like uh, the, the new age or the old school TikTok, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the old school TikTok. We had boom boxes. You know, we had, we break out in a little flash dance. And then uh, we go about on our way. No video, just, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. The thing that, that strikes me when I talk to people that come from HBCUs is the confidence that, that um, y'all come out with. And uh, I, like, I'm still trying to uh, put my, like wrap my head around like mm-hmm. where where that comes from man. and I think I have a right do, do you feel that when you when you're around uh people that went uh went to HBCUs absolutely I think HBCU you get that mentality with go hard to go home and that's with everything you know you go to class and you got to go hard in class you go to the calf and you gonna want to go get there. You go hard in a cab because you don't want to not have food. But you go to a party or intramural sports. It's like everything you do at that level, HBC, you know, you want to go hard or go home. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the mentality you get when you're on campus. So when you go out to the real world, you keep that same mentality. Whereas, like, you know, um, career, whatever career you're in, you know, you want to apply the best, you apply your best to that position and, you know, just excel. Can you talk about the instructors too? Like, uh, because that's that's a part of my thinking is like, uh, d- did you have a, a instructors that a lot of instructors that were of color? Yeah, I did. I mean, I had that I had instructors of color, 
And uh, so one thing about HBCU is like you feel like a family member from the time you step on campus, you know. So the instructors, the staff members, they they take you in as one of their own. So I had instructors that looked like me, and I had some that didn't. But even the ones that didn't look like me still had that nurturing feeling. Like they cared mm-hmm. about my success. They cared about it wasn't about me passing that class. They want to make sure I know the information. And giving that tough love a little bit. Right. Yeah. Give you tough love. You know, <laughs> like uh, not just turn the assignment in, but I need you right. to do better on this assignment, the next exactly. assignment, because I, exactly. I, I know that you got it in you. Right. They would do that. They would know. I know you got it in you. Uh, You could do better. Like this is this is passing, but it's not your best. And they would they would show you that. And even, you know, with your attendance, you know, you you know, you Everybody got a friend that will assign a role for them, but you know the professors know when you're not there. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you know, so then they they'll come. You know, they check you like, all right, you even come to class, something's wrong. You know, so they're not gonna, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna make sure you get your opportunity to make it. Right, because I mean that's a that's a coming up. <laughs> right, exactly. You're right. If you show up. If you show up, you you win it, right? Because everybody else they don't even want to show up. So I right. have, I work at a, a a high school, and okay. I'm trying to get get to these students. Like they and the district, our district is paying for all of the college credit courses that they take. Um, uh, all of them, like right. <laughs> they don't pay nothing, and they they go into these courses and. They like oh, uh the the instructor wasn't there this this one day so uh he probably ain't gonna be here the next you know mm-hmm. that Friday he wasn't there so he probably ain't gonna be here the next Friday so I ain't gonna go what yeah. right <laughs> right <laughs> no you supposed to do what you like you you do your part you go yeah. right and if he ain't there then we figure it out after that that's exactly that's different. yeah you gotta go I mean. You know, I know HBCUs. We uh, when we have go to attend class and the professor don't show up, you know, we start a roll, and you know, we got fifteen minutes if he's not a doctor. Mm-hmm. If you got a PhD, then you got twenty minutes, <laughs> and then uh, but we'll take it to the secretary and let her know that everybody came to class, and you know, professor didn't show up, and you know, they will make sure that we get accounted for. You know, mm-hmm. they make sure that okay, these people showed up when I didn't show up. So in the semester when I know. They need a boost, you know. I remember that moment. Yeah, exactly. See, see, you don't know if if that's gonna give you a boost or not. I mean, right. we ain't counting on that because we already doing what we supposed to, right? Right, but, exactly. But, but it, it will help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it will help. It, I mean, it it's like your, the, the, your name name in the back of the mind, right? Right, right. The goal is to show up, like you said, eighty percent. So if you just show up, you know, it will help. Like, all right, they showed up. You. Kind of. Right, exactly. Um, so what do you? And so now nah, let me go back. How did HBCUs prepare you for your internship at um the Chicago Bears? And tell us about that experience. Uh, okay. So Chicago Bears, um, HBCU prepared me because, well, I, it it still it mean to work at it, to work hard, mm. and you know keep your head down and keep working but when i got to the chicago bears coming from hbcu and i felt like my school was big i feel like a t was huge but coming to um chicago bears 
I'm I'm surrounded by a lot of people that went to like Big Ten schools, ACC, mm-hmm. SEC, all these big programs. So they kind of look down at HBC like, oh, he come from a small school. He don't know, you know, he don't really know about this position because he's from a small school because they don't have as many, many resources as we do. Right. So that just inspired me to work harder. You know, I, you know, it was like showing up. I would show up 15, 30 minutes, hour early than I'm supposed to get there, and I would stay later than I'm supposed to. So I just outwork everybody. Uh-huh. And my work ethic showed up where their work ethic didn't, didn't mm-hmm. show up. So it was like HBC prepared me for that. And um and that eighty percent like yeah I, I'm, that eighty percent like I'm right that eighty percent I'm gonna like, be here. My supervisor knew they could count on me. They like oh, yeah. he's always gonna show up. And that's what I kept doing. I kept showing up. And then end of the season, they just offered me a full time position. Actually, me rewind when I got there, they were just like you know it's a seasonal position, and um so you just here for the season after the two weeks after the last game you're gone, and um. When I got there, I was like, I'm not going back. I'm going to have them create a position for me. I was like, whatever they got to do, I'm going to work hard so they can create a position for me if it's not one there. And at the end of the season, they offered me one, and they created one for me. Um, so that was a blessing to even be in that position and you know, have a new position created for me. Uh, and so it was a wonderful experience being around the players you see every day, every week on Sunday. Um being on the sidelines, traveling with them, and just seeing different parts of the world, meeting different people, being in you know circles, staying at five star hotels and stuff like that, it was a amazing experience. And so once I got there, I tried to help other students in, that was in my position and try to create a little pipeline for HBCU students. You know, I try to um, get other HBCU guys internships with different. NFL teams and what organization I was with as well. Nice. Because I didn't the the internship that I wanted when I was in school was uh, with the EPA because it paid $17 an hour. Uh, <laughs> I I didn't have no time to uh to to do a uh have an actual job right while I was in school until like the summertime. Right. Uh, because I, I I double majored in human service agency management and recreation administration, so okay, it it was uh it, like I just wanted a, a different experience, right? And I mean that that field is is a broad field anyway, and right. I didn't want the just the regular experience. So then I I end up doing an internship with uh the the uh in the mental health field. Okay. As a case manager for uh people with developmental dif- disabilities. Wow. That's big. That's big. <laughs> it's, it's like I, I was like, I don't like this. I'm I might be a provider. Uh, <laughs> a, a provider is uh, uh the people that that uh provide the house and uh housing and uh right. the staffing and all that stuff. Like that's where the money is, but um the case management. Oh man, I was all over the place. I bet yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. What school did you attend undergrad? Uh, it's called Missouri Valley College. It's a small NAIA school here in Missouri. Okay. 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 Uh, yeah, I, I didn't go to an HBCU. That's why, I, like, I'm I'm fascinated by, like, I didn't know anything when I graduated high school mm-hmm. to go to college. I didn't have my my um, counselors. 
they didn't really talk to me. We I graduated with like five black people in my 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 high school class. Oh wow! And and none of us really was like handheld through the process. Right, right. I, right. I was the only one. So besides sports, uh huh. Um, so it was me and another guy. The other guy, he his aunt was uh, a WNBA rookie of the year. So, you know, he kind of had an in everywhere. Right. And then it was me. <laughs> wow. And I went I went to school and then my best friend from high school, he didn't he didn't even go. So Wow. You know, um, and then the other two people that I can remember. One, I, I mean, they, I don't think they win either. So, wow, wow. So, was you send your kids to HBCU? Yeah, if they wanted to go, yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just the education. I, I'm a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I use opportunity. To mm-hmm. kind of guide me, right? I, like I, I, I make my own opportunities, and I, I just uh, put in the work, and I see where it takes me. Kind of, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it, it it's kind of just how I done things. So, if if my kid got introduced to an HBCU, so I, I would introduce them to an HBCU, and I'm, I'm introducing the students that I work with now to HBCUs. Okay. I want them to have the option to right. go wherever they want. So, and and how I teach and how I operate is, you go there and you make the most out of that that uh, option that you chose because right. we want to be creators of, of 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 our lives. And if you choose this option, go in there and and make the most out of it, no matter where it is, because mm-hmm. there's no regrets. If you if you go in there and work, so um, I like that. That's true. I like that. I agree <laughs> with that. I agree one hundred percent. Because I mean, to be honest, if, if we got we got schools that um that will will pay. I mean, they they cheap to go to. So right in our in our state. So if if HBC if if they apply to all the HBCUs and they don't get as much, like they got to pay a lot of out of pocket. And they choose to go to a uh, a school that you don't have to pay a lot out of pocket. Go to that school, and 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 I'm a big believer in you are like especially with black people, we are where we're supposed to be, like just by our presence, we're powerful. Right, right. Like I I was, and uh, so I did the same job that I'm doing now at this high school that I'm at now at another high school in the same district, but the, that high school is like the the uh, high achieving high school. They send all the students from the district that are high achieving to that mm-hmm. school. Right. So, um, but all of the ma- majority of the staff is, is white. So mm-hmm. just by my presence, the students was already uh, attracted to me. And mm-hmm. now, just it's just by me being there i am I, like i ha- i have influence <laughs> just mm. by my presence I, just by stepping in the building right right i i actually have 
the knowledge to back it up. So, you know, <laughs> that's good. So good. we we supposed to be like you were supposed to be in uh with the Bears. You were supposed to go your route, even if we not if we are the minority. And we could be the token or whatever, but if we understand what being a token means is that um, we we are like we're meant to change people's uh, perspective of everybody. I mean, and that's a lot to take on, but but that's our responsibility. And somebody's gonna come after you because you opening that door. And are you gonna are you gonna conform to what what that uh? that environment says or are you going to be true to yourself and 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 put in the work that that nobody can deny you in that space and that's that's what i teach like you you go in there they they give you opportunity you work hard for that opportunity and then it's on them to to say whether or not you know but then you already got got what you needed out of the the opportunity because you worked so hard so yep. it don't matter what they say. You already leaving, going to your next step. You have leveled up, and you level up. You keep leveling up throughout your life. Can't nobody tell you nothing. <laughs> That's true. I agree. <laughs> I'm on the same wave. Like you keep. It's always always got to keep ascending with everything you do. So, uh, and what what position? So, what happened after your your internship? Your so internships. Like, you you did two internships. So uh hold on back back up a little bit. Um were they paid internships and yeah, they uh, were paid. So, okay. Uh, yeah, the Bears were paid internship. Um so I did the Bears internship and so they told me, Hey, we got a position for you, but it's not available at this moment. Um so they wanted to keep me around in Chicago. So I got an internship at Northwestern University, which is um PWI and um got a mm-hmm. uh, internship there which was really cool uh really great people there had a great experience there and uh so then Northwestern offered me a full-time position when I was on the intern and they was like all right intern it's from this time to this time that was paid as well with benefits so that was a blessing um so Northwestern offered me a full-time position and the Bears called me back said hey we got a position for you so I was at like uh I feel like a crossroads where I had to choose between do I do full-time with the Bears and do full-time Northwestern. And how did you choose? Because I, I tell students all the time, like, wealthy people have options. Right, people right. Just, just react. <laughs> oh, that's deep. I love it. That's a fact, though. <laughs> that's a fact. I mean, that was one thing where I just pros and cons. I mean, at the time, I thought Northwestern made sense because before I, when I got the Bears internship, I was in grad school, so I took a semester off. Mm-hmm. originally thinking that I was only going for a semester and I'll be back for the next semester. And then when I got there, I'm like, okay, I'm not going back. So uh, when I got to Northwestern, you know, it was like, yeah, you, you full-time employee, you know, we'll do some, uh, you know, pay for you a little bit of your tuition or whatnot, tuition reimbursement. So I'm like, hmm, free education with a Northwestern degree? But then I'm like, the Bears. So it was tough. It was like, it wasn't an easy decision at, at all. I think one of the more tougher decisions of my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I chose the Bears uh, to go full time with the Bears. And, and and why did you? What was the final reason again? 
I mean, the line, like, I mean, I yeah. line, you know, it's the NFL. Go ahead and put it out there. That's... It's the NFL. I'm like, you know, I was always going to be there, but this is yeah, the NFL, I, like. That's, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I don't know, hey, Northwestern or, like, like college girls or, right, or exactly. grown like, women. Exactly. I was like, it's the NFL. I'm like, thank you, Northwestern. I appreciate the offer, but. You understand what you're competing against. <laughs> you know, I'm going to celebrity parties. Exactly. Party with some of late I'm partying with this person, Michelle Williams, and all these people. I'm like, Shh. it's a no-brainer, really, but <laughs> I don't even care how much money you make either. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like my family see me on TV right on Monday night football. Thursday football, so yeah, that's you know the line might got me to the Bears. It was like, all right. okay. and then and then originally I'm a loyal dude. Uh, HBCU definitely put that in me being loyalty, and um, so my supervisor, the Bears, he's he's an HBCU grad as well, and uh, and he he was the one that told me that he was gonna create the position for me. So he actually put his neck on the line to create this position. Mm. So I just felt like the, being loyal for him to do this. I had to be loyal to him and accept the position because it wouldn't yeah. be right for me to turn down a position that he had to go, go create for me. Um, uh, I I have a, a issue with networking. I think it's just my personality type. Mm-hmm. So um, did you really do anything to, to like consciously, um, I don't want to say suck up, but that's that because that's that's what comes to my mind when you networking and and mm-hmm. stuff. But that's that's just my uh, that's just my personality. But right, uh, for him to think of you and make that position for you, or was it just your your work ethic? You you believe? I believe it was the work ethic, but it also believe I believe it was the work ethic. But he knew that he could count on me to get the job done. And, mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Whenever he asked me to do something, it was like I do it right away, and uh, I'm gonna do it the way he wants me to do it. You know, if I mess up one time, like, what did I do wrong? Learn from my mistakes and and do it right the next time. Mm-hmm. So he knew he could count on me, and I think that helped because when I started, the internship was me and another guy, um, and he went to a PWI. And uh, so everybody thought he was going to be the one to get the position anyway because he went to uh, this large school and he actually worked with NFL teams before. So he had more experience on paper, I guess, to them than me. Like his experience, his resume looked better to them than than my resume at the time. Because most of my experience was HBCU experience. So my uh, supervisor, he just, you know, he knew he could count on me. So I felt like that he took that into consideration with choosing me over the other guy. Nice. Uh, so. Because, I mean, I, I think hard work pays off. <laughs> right, right. And, um, and like I said, it's, it's my personality type uh-huh. <laughs> that uh, that I just don't, like, I, I treat people equally. And I'm not going to suck up to nobody, <laughs> for real. It, either you see my, my work ethic and I work hard for everybody and, um, I know you my boss and I and I'm gonna do exactly what you you want me to do and and then right. I'm gonna put my little extra spin on whatever I can uh-huh. but uh I think it make it makes it simpler 
and and I think to get deeper with it is like a, a belief that that I had like I I somebody to believe in me mm. and that's I mean I don't need somebody to believe in me but I I work harder for those that that just genuinely see hey this person is just doing it and I want to reward him or her for their work right so what would you do Okay, what you you say you education you in high school, right? Yeah, I I've been all throughout education, so um, you can ask any question. Okay, well, I guess in the situation like you, uh, you um, like, let's say you have a scholarship. You know, you got a scholarship, and it's going to one student. So you got two students in mind, but one student work hard, does everything right. He comes from where you come from, walk the same blocks that you walk. Another student walk different blocks but he's not he don't work as hard as the student that walked the blocks you from and so they we, and they meet all the requirements same requirements yeah they meet know. the same requirements it just you know you see the count the one that comes from where you from that like you gravitate towards that student because they work harder and you and you understand that where they come from mm-hmm. but the other one don't work as hard but you know they they still meet the requirements for the scholarship. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to the one that 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 makes that connection with. Right, and, and that's that's and, who I was and, <laughs> with the, receiving the Bears internship. I mean, position. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was me. That's that's what's up. I mean, that's how it should work anyway. Right. But we we live in a social hierarchy, uh, right? Society, so. That yeah. that don't necessarily always. Yeah, that don't always happen. Even because a lot of times with us, we got to go, you know, above and beyond, above and beyond to get half the half of what we do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm I'm all the way in it because, uh, like my my life has not been no crystal stairs. They say, right, um, because. So I graduated with my master's degree in the middle of the Great Recession. So, oh wow! Um, after I was a a student, an mm. athlete involved in a four year org- organization that certified nonprofit professionals, a resident assistant, like I'm, I think I'm the only one in my whole like school that that did um all four of those things at the same time plus right. played a sport that was in both semesters you know oh, football well. players get done at at, at the and semester and right. then they just doing two a days or whatever but um having to navigate that like all four years i know i was a and i i became a like the head of marketing at like before facebook so we was we was making <laughs> poster signs and stuff so right for our events and things but uh and then i went on to do a graduate assistant with my master's degree and you know i'm putting in work 56 plus hours a a full-time part-time job Mm -hmm. uh, you know jobs and i i ain't thinking nothing of the great recession like i don't i don't know what's going on in the real world i'm just hustling because you know, graduate assistants, we get paid like interns. Or yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact. So, so I'm hustling. I, I'm doing the the graduate assistant position. Then I'm I'm working a, a part time night shift. 
overnight wow. and I'm traveling to uh I was so I'm traveling to other schools and stuff mm. um around the, the area and um to St. Louis and Kansas City and all of this stuff and I ain't thinking nothing about what's going on I, and to to actually go go a little deeper into that is that like me and one of my friends was talking uh he graduated the year before and he wanted a a internship or a graduate assistantship because mm -hmm. he stayed in the town that we we uh gra we graduated from so okay um and they didn't have any they had like two graduate assistant positions and then the following year when i graduated all of a sudden like nine of them opened up but he had already right. like got a full-time job so he was like i'm not about to you know leave right. a full-time job and to come to think about it like the school was financially you know going through it financially too so mm -hmm. you you don't have to pay insurance with a graduate assistant right you know you don't have to pay as a, a full-time salary with a graduate assistant oh yeah you yeah. see what i'm saying yeah i see what you're saying yeah. <laughs> so so and basically yeah, yeah i see exactly what you're saying we was running the school and we didn't know that you know the great recession had anything to do with how we not i mean we was prepared for those positions but like those positions came open because of the financial um what was happening financially in the uh or economically in the world or mm -hmm. in the united states wow now i kind of had a similar situation right before i got to the bears i was in grad school and i was uh i was a ga in the athletic department, but uh, so during the day, I was teaching. I was substitute teaching, and uh, during the day, they made me a permanent sub, so I had my, my own class with teachers on maternity leave. Mm -hmm. And I leave there, go to uh, leave leave elementary school, go to the um, my GA position, and then go to class. And I was like, I was always in on the weekends. If we didn't have a game, I was working at a jewelry store. So I was always hustling. And then I was like, when I got the Bears position, it was like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> you know, like, right. Like, like I had you four, appreciated it, huh? Right. Because it was like, I would go home, had to write papers. But at that time, we was turning papers over every week. I had like, I was full-time GA. So I was like, you know, you had to keep a certain GPA for you. You know, it was like, I was grading papers, writing papers. I was hustling. But I got to the Bears, like, finally, I could just do one job. I don't <laughs> I don't mind working 12 hours a day, man. You all just got me doing one job. I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I didn't know how to act working one one job. Right. Yeah, working one job is crazy. You get all this free time. I didn't know how to it, because I was I was doing everything. I was busy all day every day mm -hmm. for for 6 years straight. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> and then I, I get home and I didn't have a, a glamorous job. I didn't like I got paid twenty four thousand five hundred dollars at mm -hmm. my first job. I was sleeping on on my uh my cousin and my mom's uh, floor on a bed that I uh, just a mattress that I pulled out from the, the garage for three years. Wow. Um, for twenty four thousand five. And I was paying rent. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, man, you about to be a millionaire. <laughs> huh? I said, you can be a millionaire. You're not already. That's resilience. That's what I'm saying. And 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 
And I understand that. Like, mm-hmm. now I understand the appreciation going through the success process mm-hmm. uh, with with uh, understanding, like, highly successful people. Right. Um, just reading the books on success, like Think and Grow Rich, Think and Grow Rich, A Black Choice. Oh, I love all of, that. All of, those yeah. th- all of those different things, like, that, that goes into, like, you got to understand those things and you got to want want to you got to welcome the struggle because without struggle, there is no progress. Yep. Yep. There's no progress at all. And and a lot of times we don't appreciate the struggle when we end the struggle and in the midst of the struggle. You're like, oh, my goodness, life is so hard. But once you get out of it, you're like, man, it wasn't that bad. But it's like you see the lessons in it once you get out of it. Mm-hmm. And and the right attitude as well. Like I I I teach group fitness classes and um uh, I do one too. of my you do too? Yeah. Yeah. Um one of my uh the ladies that come to my classes, she um it's kind of like in a apprentice, like what I see as I mean, she's getting paid full time. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like an apprentice because the lady is is older that she works for. It's in the same field that she wants to do. She wants to have her own shop, all of that stuff. And, um, you know, I was like, hey, you, and I'm a life coach, too. So me, too. <laughs> so I'll be uh, I'll be I'll be like, hey, if, if you I know you probably have the right attitude when you there, but like outside of that and and. Doing even doing a little bit of complaining, like you in a perfect position. Like mm-hmm. this lady's, I mean, you gonna learn a lot from this lady by doing uh, the things that she can't do anymore. Right. And uh, like you gotta be appreciative of this time, even though you might not be making a lot more, a lot of money like you were at a previous job. But they wasn't teaching you the things that's gonna gonna allow you to have a, a whole business. Yeah. And be able to run a whole business. That's true. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's that's great advice. Um, wow. Because I, I'm, I'd be like, I mean, because I know I went through it. I was, mm-hmm. I was like, and and I didn't know I was going, but I had a I had a right mental attitude because I'm always looking at the bigger picture. I'm. Mm-hmm. I was okay after a while making the twenty because it it took me seven years of making $24,500 to actually get a job to pay me more. Wow. <laughs> well, and more, yeah, seven years. Yeah. Seven years, seven, eight years. Um, until I got the job that I got now the, to get a job to pay me more than, uh, $24,500. Like yeah. I even stopped for three years. Like I, I quit, the job at the university I was working at and mm-hmm. I um I started Uber driving and teaching a whole bunch of group fitness classes mm. because I was just fed up. I was like, man, I can make more money driving Uber and all Yeah, you really can a thousand dollars a week. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, really can in Chicago, I used to live in Chicago for a while and uh, a lot of people Uber is that full time job. Right. Like they they you know they start early in the morning whatever time they start and they'll do eight hours straight. Yep. Just straight Uber because like you can they can make more money doing Uber than going to a regular job. Yeah. Wow. I mean and and I like doing stuff on top of stuff but it was yeah. just 
the the environment wasn't wasn't conducive. Like they they was wanting me to be there all the time, and it, I was a, a residence hall director, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, like I'm always there, and and y'all not y'all not implementing the things that I'm that I that I'm that I'm giving you the ideas that I have. Y'all just doing right. the same thing over and over and over. It's time for me to plus y'all y'all um y'all restructuring the departments and stuff like that so right. uh, we're gonna be down less people it's only gonna be me doing like twenty four thousand five hundred. you gonna have to double that or triple that <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> and, and i didn't i didn't go all the way there where i i was already fed up i was like i don't want no more i'm just leave and that mm-hmm. was and i did uber and group fitness classes all day all night for three and a half years wow <laughs> Dang, that's... and 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 Kansas City ain't ain't Chicago, <laughs> right? Right. I respect I respect your hustle, man. Cause that's that's big, man. That's uh, you knew your worth, you knew your worth, you knew your value, and that's like you know you did what you had to do to to get through that moment. I respect that. Salute. So I appreciate that because my family was like, "Why? Why did you leave that job?" And everybody was like, "Why do you?" I was like, nah, man, I, I got I got to do bigger things. Like, I, yeah. if I don't take this opportunity, because I was already, because I need to uh, write my book. Mm-hmm. I'm in the process of writing my book. Okay. Um, and, uh, like, I was like, I'm going to be a, a speaker, author, life coach. You know, right. make money that way on top of doing Uber, all of that stuff. Exactly. I mean, it ain't quite turned in. It ain't quite. Um, the it, it ain't quite come to fruition yet. <laughs> right, it's on the way. But it's on the way. I mean, it's I'm practicing every day because this is what I do. You know, this is who I am. Yeah. And and I I got my philosophy. The so I I created a a philosophy for individual achievement that um helps people reverse engineer their their goals. Okay. And um, so I created that that um that philosophy while i was working for twenty four thousand five hundred dollars you know and and mm-hmm. and i was just like something gotta change like that's when i started listening to uh eric thomas right i started listening to, i had the guru story uh playing every friday night every friday night i would i would uh clean come home after doing i I would work full time and do group fitness classes like 16 hours a week. Um, and I would come home on Friday and I was like, man, I'm, I'm done. I cleaned up my apartment, washed the dishes and I'd be having the guru story with uh, Floyd Mayweather. It was a, it was kind of like a, um, what is that? A voiceover Floyd mm-hmm. Mayweather boxing, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, who is this talking? <laughs> like like i'm watching this every single friday you know over and over and over mm. again i'm like who is this talking let me let me figure this out because i know it ain't floyd right um and and that's how i started getting into the uh the the motivation and and s- seeing what and then i was like what are they reading and if if i if i heard a book about a book from tony robbins <laughs> you know whoever yeah. was speaking I read that book and I let that book guide me into another book and I just started reading books <laughs> and, and man, it, it started changing my life. Cause I didn't want to read, you know, after you 
graduate uh, college, you don't want right. to read nothing. Yeah, you don't want to read like that. <laughs> I'm done reading. But but twenty four thousand five hundred dollars, you. <laughs> and I, that's what got me back to school. My first job out of college, I was making twenty five thousand. Oh and, really? Uh, and I but I, I had graduated saying, look, I'm not going back to school. I'm not getting a master's. I'm done. Mm-hmm. As soon as I started making that money. And I saw that, you know, you can make more money. And I said, all right, let me go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> you, you start know? changing your thinking. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think this is enough. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's, you know, I was just like, all right, I got to keep going up. Like, this is not it. Uh, one of the things, I don't know if you went through it, but uh, one of the things that I, I actually had to make a decision when at my first job after after college uh, mm-hmm. after my master's i was like either i can go after money because i, I was doing group fitness at the time and i you, you meet a lot of people doing group fitness just participating right right so there's a um uh the regional manager for olive gardens was uh he he came to the cycle class and we developed a relationship he he wanted me to be like a manager uh, for one of the the stores, or you know, manager and training, or whatever. But you know, you you can make eighty thousand, yeah, right? Right. <laughs> doing that, but I had already been a, a waiter before. I was like, I don't want to stay in no, be in there 80, 80 hours a week. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> smelling like that, you know, yeah, you know smelling like breasts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you work in a restaurant, you don't even like that food anymore, like. Yeah. Certain restaurants, I worked in a couple of restaurants in high school and stuff and in college, and, and I don't even like the smell of that place anymore. I can't go in there. Right, right. <laughs> so I was just like, man, nah, I can't do it. I got to, that was my, my decision I had to make. I was like, either I, you know, continue, you know, making $24,500 and staying in the, the path that I want to be in. Or go after the money and it take me off the path that I need to be on. Yeah. So it was like I chose to to stay the course and even though I still didn't make twenty four thousand or more than twenty four thousand five hundred dollars, it was like it been it, it it kept me immersed in what I'm ultimately trying to do. My yeah. my ultimate goal is to fund and run a life prep program for disadvantaged student athletes. Okay. So I created a a whole program based off of my life and my fitness life that is and my education life. (laughs) Right. That is going to help those student athletes that go to the smaller schools to get make the most out of their their experience. Right. That's 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 going to impact more people than just chasing money. Right. And people always talking about chasing the bag, but like the bag means nothing if you don't have any happiness to go with it. Do you um like you can make money doing anything nowadays? Right, you can. And it's a, what are your thoughts on that? Do do you think that uh like what are we doing with the money? Because everybody going after the bag, and once we get the bag, what what does that look like? Are we just spending it on on things or? Right. I mean, my goal is to get to the point where my money's working for me. Like, I always tell people, they're like, what's your dream job? My dream job is to make money while I'm asleep. Mm-hmm. You know, to not do anything, to wake up, and I know I just made more money than I had yesterday. And that's like an everyday thing. 
But uh, or or to get paid for just reading, writing, and speaking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a dream job too. You know the basic skills. But uh, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I did the same thing throughout my career. One day, I just woke up and made a constant decision. Like, all right, this is cool. This job is cool, but it's really not fulfilling me. I need more. So let me do this. And I started running boot camps in my backyard. Mm. Um. Yeah, I was running boot camps in my backyard, and I didn't have all the equipment. So I had, like, center blocks. I had lift center blocks and water jugs and uh, whatever I had in the crib. I didn't have all the ladies' gym equipment, but I had that space. I had that vision. So I just started doing stuff like that. And uh, and once I started chasing, I guess, Your my purpose. Dream, yeah. You know, it, it became, I became fulfilled. Like, all right, this is going to happen. I'm not doing the same stuff I was doing, but this makes me happy. Right. Right. And and I think and the more I study success, there's there's different successes for different. Uh, well, different ethnicities. So right. white people is different than, right. than black people and Asian people is different than black people, yep. uh, white people type of thing. And I I get the, the bag chasing like that's a part of us. Right. As black people like we 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 need to be flashy. And we need to have like that. That's just a part of you know Mansa Musa and stuff. So right, <laughs> that 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 and the Egyptians and that who like they they rich you know right and, right and and it ain't it's in the, in us to have the the chains and all that stuff. It's it's just in us, like right. but but like so much of success is taught to us by the dominant culture. So yeah. Um, we have to come into our own about what success truly means for us and and not have the dominant culture dictate what we actually want. And I think that's that's a, a bigger conversation that we need to start having is like, I understand like getting the bag, but you still the same person from the hood. That <laughs> yeah, you get the bag, but it's like you keep chasing the bag because you keep losing the bag. You get the bag and you lose it. Yeah. So it was like that's gonna be like a uh, hamster wheel, you know. You always gonna be chasing that bag. Well, well, think about it like this: like you got to be able to lead people with the bag. You right. know what I mean? Exactly, and lead and other people the with same, the bag. Yeah, lead and and just it, we not building our own uh like companies like mm-hmm. big Walmart Staples. You know, right. we not building those type of companies really. And there, there's, I don't know what that looks like or, you know, but there's a, a disconnect. You know, one thing I ask people all the time, and I, I often struggle with this myself, uh, because I don't know what it's like. In the process of I'm building my businesses and my brand, I'm like, you know, you see black businesses like BT and uh, who else? Uh, even Jay Z so title, but you know they, they, these people mm-hmm. beat Dr. Dre so beat. So they like they start these companies and they and really they successful. Sell they sell them, and I'm like, if somebody offered me three hundred million dollars, would I sell my company? Would I sell my heck brand? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, initially you want to say heck yeah, but then it's like, yeah, you have that three hundred million dollars, but like you just said, we don't have the Walmart, so right, like, or the Hiltons and stuff like that. So, but like, I mean. 
I mean, I guess we gotta we gotta evaluate what that that brand that business is is it is it a does it have Walmart caliber, right? I mean, and I think it could because we... I mean I feel like they offer you three hundred million dollars, then it definitely has Walmart caliber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they see the value in it, and they they have more resources, you know, to add the value to it versus mm-hmm. what you have. But that's something that's common with black entrepreneurs. Yeah, where like they get to a certain success point and then they sell it but i i don't i and maybe that's because we are held back from so many of the resources right so they have they have the infrastructure already set up and then right. they just go in and buy the business and and then they run it like because they like a well oil machine they just know but like they have the people to do it I know, and then I, so I guess I, what I struggle with is should I is that, should I give it up to that? <laughs> right, because it's like subconsciously it's like, all right, so you telling me that my success can only go to this level. When mm-hmm. I get to this level, I gotta sell it and turn it over to somebody else because they, you know, I don't have the infrastructure to take it to the next level. Yep. So um, <laughs> that that's yeah that's a valid question and I never right. thought of it that way but hey um and and I think I I, I kind of thought of it that way because I'm like man I ain't about to sell this to nobody but right. but I would sell it if I had another plan for the money mm-hmm. like if, if I wasn't just going like I'm about to <laughs> just 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 do my own thing with the money and and that's it but if i had another business venture so um a, a couple things that have been going through my mind is like ha- setting up an actual like having my own bank having my own grocery store uh-huh. right uh things like that so 300 million dollars can can fund all of that without right. me having to go outside of anybody and then right. I can get I, I can get loans based off of what are however it works. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I can right, I right. can get loans that that I know I can cover because I got the money. Right. And kind of start building. A, uh, uh, that's what I would do with the money. But, you know, it. Yeah, I would love to do that, too, with the money, like just build my own uh, community, my own community. You know, because you see that every other nationality have their own community. Like mm-hmm. no matter where city or what location you're in America, if you go to a big city, you got your Chinatown, you got Greek. Well, I know Chicago, you got Greek town, you got your place where your Hispanic people hang out at. You know, you right. got you know everybody got their own little pocket. But you know, you go to our neighborhoods, it ain't really our, our stuff because it's like a lot of times it's you know you got an Asian lady on the hair store. Yeah, Eastern yeah. man on the convenience store. Um, you know we don't really have too many. You might have a soul food spot here and there, a clothing store, mm-hmm. and, you and, know, and but, I think that's where we lack in, um, right? As far as business development, and like we do, it like we got the entrepreneurial spirit, and but it still takes a long time to to build up those businesses, and I don't think we really understand. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. what it really takes because yep. uh, society has put so much on us. Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. Ad- there's so much adversity that like we can't even work through <laughs> to get to that that point. 
Yeah. To, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, because, get they, they, question, they question us. Like, when we put a product out there or a service and we put a price tag on it, they say, oh, why is your stuff so high? But they don't question Walmart. They don't nope. question Dillard's, Macy's, mm-hmm. Fifth Avenue. You know, they don't question those businesses. But they'll question us. I, I had somebody question my uh group fitness class outside. Um, she was like, "Why? Why did it go from five dollars to seven dollars?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Man, it, to be honest, I I didn't realize that it like I I moved it up." <laughs> But somebody somebody asked me to do it, so I was like, "Shoot, seven dollars then. If right. you pay seven dollars, let's go." And truthfully, you could charge ten, fifteen. I mean, exactly. You I, know, I, and I know that they charge twenty five, thirty for a group class per person. Yeah, per person. So, and if like if you believe in that, you know, in your workout and and what you're teaching them, then it's like you could charge whatever you want. The value is there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you know, to pay five dollars. You know, you know, it's like why? Less, less than seven dollars for a good workout, right? <laughs> and and she was just asking because like not a lot of people were showing up. This is like oh okay pre pre pandemic people were showing up. Right, right. You know, but post pandemic it was like I mean we ain't even out of the pandemic, but uh, yeah. It was just like it was just her, and she was just asking the questions. So I don't, I don't hold anything against her, but I was just like, really, you really think about it. Somebody asked me to do it on these days. I was available, so I just did it, and this is what I'm charging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because maybe I did it subconsciously to say, uh, this is my time. Right. And... I mean, that's fair. That's fair for you as a as a business owner, you know, to. Put the value on your time. Yeah. And it ain't going back down because y'all was paying it. Nah, you can't go back down. You can't. <laughs> you can't go back down. I tell my clients, like, once we get to a certain point, we can't regress. There's no regression. Mm-mm, mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we always going to keep it going. Um, so tell, tell us a little bit about uh, the your chapter in the book. And... Uh, yeah, just tell us a little bit about the chapter, so my in, the chapter book. in the book without telling the whole chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about a situation where you got a group of uh, college students. We um, pile up in the car and go to a public park at night. And you have to buy the book to catch out, just figure out what <laughs> you <we> get into. <laughs> We 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 pile yeah, up in two what, cars. What, what was, was your something. inspiration for for that for your chapter? Can you can you? My well, it was like my. It, I was trying to reflect on my some of my uh, best moments while mm-hmm. there, and it was so many. I didn't really know where, where to write, what to write about. Um, there were so many good moments, but I just like kind of just the ones that really stood out. Like, what would I tell my kids? Mm-hmm about my college experience and so the one the moments that stood out was kind of what i focused on nice and nice uh, yeah but it was so crazy because after i wrote it and submitted it, i was like man i should have said this i should have said that i thought about more moments uh-huh. and more stuff that i could have said that, um, that means you got another book coming out right <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to, <laughs> to see if dr ashley can get me in it's no perfect. you you oh yeah, oh yeah yeah i definitely have another one come out I'm definitely, gonna, I'm definitely gonna uh 
you know, expand on my story at A and T. Good, good, man. Because I think we need it all out there, man. Right. Need, I, I, I've been, I've been taking too long for my book, mm-hmm. but um, you know, that's. I tell people that it's a an undertaking that, like, I am, I am putting into the book something that has come straight from me, like out right. of out of my mind and then i am i'm trying to help y'all figure help help y'all walk y'all through it <laughs> absolutely what goes on in my mind and that i do like real quick so reverse engineering is 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 my gift i can do that like i've been doing that for the past 19 years plus wow like that in my head i'm i'm reverse engineering what is what is my goal right here and what do i need yeah. to do po- to position myself for success in this goal you know mm-hmm. and so after all that practice like i'm i'm just unfolding it and and uh opening it up to and then i'm putting it on this book form so like this is my life's work so i'm trying to unpack this this thing up that's why it's taking so long but it's when it comes out it's going to you're going to be able to see it and and you're going to be able to feel it and and use it to your abilities and and not me just telling you a story about my life that's my second book (laughs) right for that but i'm i'm trying to help you uh uh reverse engineer your your uh, create your own story yeah, and that's what I'm doing. Um, with my first book, uh, it's been sitting on the shelf for a minute, and I was kind of in your position where I like I've been blogging for a minute, but I said, like, let me turn make write a book. And uh, the pandemic allowed me, gave me more time because I was home more, so it allowed me to sit down, and actually focus on it. Mm-hmm. But I do want to write a book about my life, and I started working on that. But I was like, so much, just like man, because I really thought I was like, all right, I have it out by uh 2022 and uh but as once i started working out saying you know this won't even be ready in 2025 with much information i'm trying to put in here yeah put it in volumes man yeah Yeah. i know you got your uh, commit to life in 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 a volume form yeah yeah so that's been coming in volumes um so but my life i'm gonna have to put in volume i have to do it by like different stages different stages of my life something like that that's, Once you start peeling back those layers, man, it's just like you know, you you peel one layer and then something else pop up, and something else pop up. He's like, man, I know, and and that's what that's what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to I had to just cut it off and and make an outline, just work for that out, from that outline, and okay. then I'll just I'll just add revisions with, with uh, a reprinting of a uh, you know the book. You know. Right. How, people do that right. updated version or whatever right so that that's what i was thinking to do on my book <laughs> okay okay um, so uh just to get out of here i know i want to be respectful of your time it was great talking to you um just right, plug the book and um tell us what success means to you if you could all right so the book is the hbcu experience movement third edition uh, it's coming out later this month. Uh, kudos for to Dr. Ashley Little for a great job on this book. I'm excited to re uh, 
read the other chapters from the other contributing authors. But success to me, I mean, success is my religion. <laughs> <laughs> I converted him. <laughs> yeah, he converted me. I'm a believer. Uh, I think success is doing what you love and loving what you do. You know, somebody told me a while back, and that really changed my mindset of what success is. But it was like, if you love what you do and do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. So I try to spend the rest of my life doing what I love and love what I do so it won't feel like I'm working. Yeah, that's that's 100%, my man, 100%. And we, we talked before the uh, the episode started, so mm-hmm. religion, so it, it does have faith-based uh, definitions, but, you know, there's multiple definitions to a word. Right. So the third definition means it religion means a pursuit or interest to which someone ascribes supreme importance. Mm. So that's that's what I that's the religion part to me. So I I ascribe supreme importance to success. And I think the uh, the black community, every community, but the black community, especially we need to think about what success really means and go after it like success is an eye to beholder and success don't happen overnight success is intentional success is deliberate so Mm -hmm. um if we take these success principles we're gonna be at a a way better place and and i appreciate y'all coming from the hbcus with that confidence and and doing all these great things It, it makes it makes what i did uh uh look minuscule but nah uh, nah you did i, I, did I, I know i was things. right there along with y'all just, just at another school man. right you were right there i mean you do you you are doing some great things what you're doing with the kids and the students and even your fitness stuff uh you doing sound like you're doing some great things and i actually uh whenever you have some free time i want to invite you to my podcast because i want to uh expand on our conversation invite you as a guest on my podcast the bittersweet yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. I'm I'm down. I'm down because uh, just hit me with a uh, yeah, some time that you got and 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 we'll make that happen. Okay, okay. Or uh, I'll hit you with some times that I got too, and and we'll we'll get it together. But let's do it in the next couple of weeks if you can. Yeah, we could do that. Okay. Yeah, okay. For sure, for sure. All right, man. I appreciate you being on. Um, I'll get you this information of when it comes out. When the when the um. The, the podcast drops and and it will talk soon all right sounds good appreciate it you're welcome all right bye. bye i hope you enjoyed this episode of the success is my religion podcast again partnering with the hbcu experience movement be on the lookout for the book the North Carolina A&T State University 3rd edition is coming out on Amazon in the next month or so. So go get it when it comes out.